Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So, how are you feeling? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, after Saturday's announcement, I'm sort of feeling a bit confused and part of me thinks it's going to be easier this time round, being at home, you know, for a month. But then we know what it's like and we know that it's like a roller coaster, don't we? I mean, basically, certain parts of the country have already been in lockdown for, you know, Wales has been there for sort of three weeks, parts of the yeah. north, obviously. So for us, um, this is kind of a new <laughs> a new thing that's happened over the weekend. But yeah. for obviously for a large majority of the country, they were already in lockdown. But it's, yeah. and, and even though we knew it was coming and everybody was, all the rumours were there and we knew what Boris was going to say, hearing him say the words, you must stay at home. It was like somebody kicked me in the guts and actually yeah. getting up and going to work on Sunday and having to turn up the feel good when actually I just felt like howling. It, 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 yeah. I know it's going to be fine. We know what to expect this time around, don't we? Because we've done it before and there's exactly. loads of positives. But I and I, I think it's hard not to take on the weight of the enormity of what it's doing to a lot of the country and the businesses and I the know. people you know and livelihoods. Yeah. That's that's when it gets to me when I sort of scroll on Instagram or whatever and I'm seeing posts from, you know, my my local coffee shop my local restaurant my you know Mm. my local gift shop those kind of places that I go and I you know know the owners and that kind of thing and then that's when I feel it you know people who've just started their businesses and yeah yeah, I mean but you can't you can't like you said we were chatting earlier weren't we Zoe you said you you need to think of your immediate family and I guess if we all take care of our immediate friends and family then we'll all be looked after yeah and I think it's really important at this time to focus on your single friends you know know your friends who you know have maybe gone through a divorce or a a single parents or you know actually just your mates that don't have a partner and don't have children and just make sure that you're checking in on them like my producer Matt he lives on his own in Canterbury he doesn't have a girlfriend he's 38 he doesn't have kids and when I saw him yesterday at work we just like we just sort of looked at each other and these like big tears like proper tears like rolled down our cheeks because it was like he you know he's going to be on his own again and I think it's those people you know it's people's mental health it's really making sure like you said that we're sort of rallying around the people that need us at the moment um, exactly. and hoping and praying that it's only going to be for a month like we can yeah, do that 
Exactly. We can get our heads down for a month, can't we? And also, we're here in people's ears if, yes. you know, if they're feeling a bit lonely. <laughs> yeah, and also the kids can still go to school. Yes! Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, yes, There is still childcare this time round. If there was ever a positive, it's that. <laughs> There's a chance that I would have gone to Downing Street and pelted some eggs at Boris's front door if he'd said that the schools were closing, so he escaped chained. I would have chained myself to the railings. Yes, yes. And made mama's chaining session. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we should get into the chat because um, we, we're we really, really looking forward to this one. Well, we had the conversation last week, but we've been trying to pin her down for, for quite a few months. But obviously, she has just had her baby. So she's obviously been in the tumble dryer for a long time. Um, and it was just a really fantastic, honest conversation. And I think you and I will say that the image that she had in the public eye before she had her children is very different to the image that she is sort of portraying now. Um, yes. I'm really impressed by her honesty. Me too. No, do you know what? It's really lovely to see. Um, I think it's very easy for people, isn't it? Just to show the good stuff on Instagram. Yeah. And in a way, it's, that's, that is the easier way, you know, just to make out that it's, you know, it's all good. But actually she has, you know, talked about all of her struggles, showed yeah. absolutely everything. And I think that really does help a lot of people, especially at this kind of time where people aren't getting out to baby groups and stuff, knowing that they're not alone and knowing yeah. that, you know, everybody goes through the same struggles is is really reassuring. Yeah, and I think we knew, didn't we, that we were really going to like her when we saw a post yes. on her on her page of her breastfeed, uh, no, pumping and drinking a glass of red wine at the same time. It's like, <laughs> that is a girl after our own heart. Who are we chatting to today? <laughs> today we're chatting to Millie McIntosh. So today's guest is one of our favorite people to follow on social media because even though she burst onto our screens like many 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 moons ago as kind of like you know uh an early 20s or maybe even late teens I don't know how old she was exactly when she was in Made in Chelsea but I think the most interesting journey from our point of view has been watching her motherhood journey and um how honest and relatable she's been on her socials about being a new mum to Sienna uh today's guest very excited is Millie McIntosh yay (laughs) oh hi thank you that was such a lovely intro thank you so much for having me on I've wanted to do this for ages I'm so glad we finally found a time to do it well listen you've been in in the midst of the early six month stages it's um you sort of feel like you're drowning it's like it, like the most amazing amount of, dr- of drowning like you're like I'm doing this I'm doing this no I'm not no I'm not yes I am I've got this I mean it's crazy yeah. isn't it I'd say the first three months particularly it's like a bubble that you just yeah you can't see a way out of you're just completely absorbed by it you're completely in it like everything's almost quite like fuzzy you're just literally yeah in your little bubble at home and ev- anything outside of outside of your bubble just seems really impossible and then every every week I'd say it just slowly gets like slightly more normal and like a bit easier mm. and but then something changes again and you're just like you sometimes you know it's, it, these things happen you feel like you go back to the very start again a very positive birth experience I feel very lucky I had a c-section and I knew I was having it because she was breached. So she she was breached for about the last 10 weeks of my pregnancy and she just would not move. My obstetrician said, I don't think she's going to move like when he had a feel. But I kind of was positive like, oh, maybe she will. And I did, yeah. you know, some of the kind of 
exercises and stretches and like went up the stairs sideways and it was really uncomfortable <laughs> so I was quite I really wanted her to to, um, to move but she was like no I'm staying put yeah. So um, I had a C-section, which I was really happy with. That was actually, you know, something a lot of my friends have had. And I just, I, I, some people might have, might have an issue with it if they felt they really, really wanted a natural birth. Yeah. But I, I was completely comfortable that that was going to be the safest way for her to arrive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did have, you know, some fears about having surgery. I've never had surgery before. Um, and obviously you're awake. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is quite weird but um it didn't you know it didn't feel like it still was a magical birth experience obviously it's quite clinical and you are in theater and you know everyone's in a mask and you know all scrubbed up but it was still a really magical special kind of birth experience um so yeah I feel really lucky what was your recovery like Millie after that um my recovery do you know what it wasn't too bad it was painful it was painful um you know for the first couple of weeks um especially in the first two weeks and you know you have the painkillers and they do help but it yeah it's, you have to be very careful kind of getting out of bed and I made sure I you know rested a lot and slept a lot you know you've had abdominal surgery yeah. I don't think I went I don't think I left the house to go for a walk for about 10 days after about four weeks I uh started to feel like kind of more mobile and it's yeah it's been a recovery process the scar is definitely a lot less painful now are there kind of specific uh, i don't know because george, george and i've never had a c-section and actually it's okay, something yeah, that we I haven't, we haven't that. covered actually yeah, we, we haven't have really it. covered in detail in terms of what you can and can't do so are you bed bound can you walk around no so that's that's like a bit of a misconception i think i thought that for like a few weeks afterwards i'd be like bed bound but they actually want you to move around. I mean, the day I had the C-section, I didn't walk around that day. I didn't get out of bed that day. Um, it was the next day um, that the nurse, actually, the midwife wanted to get me up. Yeah. Uh, and that is a bit scary. Like, the first time, you like it's quite uncomfortable. To, you're kind of almost, like, quite hunched over. Mm. Um, and, no, but they do. It's actually really good for your recovery to actually move around, like, a little bit. Um, yeah. You can't lift anything heavy. So your baby is the heaviest thing that you can lift. Yeah. Um, but the first few days, it was definitely like very much like she was being brought to me. Yeah. Um, and, and was Hugo, you know, helping with all the all of the other stuff? He was great. So he couldn't stay with me because of COVID. He couldn't stay in the hospital. So I was in for two nights. Right. Um, so, you know, the midwives really looked after me and he very sweetly kind of was like at home like getting everything really ready like making the house look perfect like filling the fridge with all my favorite foods um and I think I just told him just just sleep like just get some sleep in because when I get home you're not going to be getting much sleep um so and he was a big big help when um when Sienna arrived definitely yeah, now this is a question that we like asking because obviously when you're in a relationship with somebody and it's just the two of you, you kind of find your flow as a couple and then suddenly there's a new baby and it throws everything up in the air, doesn't it? So there is you know, a period where you're really trying to figure out how you operate together as parents. How did Hugo take to the role? He has taken to the role really well. I, I thought he would, to be honest. I did, I did think, okay, he's going he's gonna to be a good dad and but he's actually like, you know, completely surpassed my expectations. He's been amazing. Uh, at the beginning, I think it is hard because I was breastfeeding and the baby doesn't just need, needs a mum. 
a lot, yeah. like basically round the clock to feed. And they can't, they can't do that, you know, if, if you're breastfeeding. But what he was a massive help with was just like feeding me, you know, keeping the house like in order, um, doing the kind of things that I guess I'm normally the cook of the house. So he was kind of doing all the food shopping, all the cooking, all the cleaning up, um, making sure I was okay. And, and, you know, making sure I had a break and naps and having cuddles with her. And it's just so, so sweet seeing their bond. We were saying this yesterday, weren't we, G, that actually at the beginning, all you need is somebody to come and cook for you, clean for you, do the yes. washing and like stroke your forehead and bring you water if you're breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's exactly. the whole. literally what you need. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. that is what you need though, because you just are so focused on the baby. Um, you don't want to have to think about putting the washing on. And that's like, you know, you're going through like quite a lot of, I was, I mean, I was basically just wearing kind of a nightshirt or something comfy, but like the, between you and the baby, there's quite a lot of washing that's going on. There's, yeah. you know. Stick and body fluids everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find breastfeeding at the beginning? I found it really hard at the beginning. Um, I ended up using nipple shields, which I used all the way through until uh, I finished breastfeeding at four months. Um, I, I used them because my nipples were so sore. She wasn't latching properly. And um, I was getting kind of like bliss. This is on about day maybe like about day four, um, my nipples were kind of like blistered. One of them was actually bleeding. Oh. And it was so painful every oh, time God. she wanted to feed, I would cry. Mm. Um, and it's like, you can almost wince like just before they latch on because you know like how much it's going to hurt. But then you also really, I was so happy that she was wanting to feed because I had this fear that I wouldn't be able to breastfeed. And I was really determined to do it. And then I just, I had the, sh- I had the nipple shields like, in my hospital bag, but midwife had said to me in the hospital not to use them and it's so how it's funny how like one per- everyone's got a different view on everything and yeah sure it comes up so much with like everything in motherhood and because she said that I thought oh maybe they're bad okay I won't use them then but if, then it was about two or three days later I thought you know what? I'm going to try the nipple shields and if I hadn't used them like I would have stopped breastfeeding I was ready to with the, it was so painful I was I was ready to put her onto formula like the next day yeah yeah, I think um, that's that is the tricky. trouble. Yeah, there is so much conflicting information. Um, we find this, and I think you have to just kind of go with your gut and do what's right for you. Completely. Um, how did you guys find it? Um, I think we both <laughs> yeah. had, we both had different experiences, <laughs> didn't we? I think we both decided that we wanted to give it a go, but we 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 weren't those mums that wanted to carry on breastfeeding until you know baby was. 18 months, two years old. And I really yeah. like hats off, hats off to those women. Like I wish yeah. that I could oh have my God, stuck I with it. I really do because I think for ease and, you know, for, for maybe for, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just for ease and kind of like comfort maybe. Um, yeah. And, like, a lot yeah of I do. I miss the cuddles from it. Yeah. You know, I, miss, I do yeah. miss that. Um, I mean, yeah. Having her on my chest. I think it's, I think it's just very different. Like every experience is different. Like with my first, I found it really, really, really tough. Um, and I switched to formula really early on. The second time I didn't find it quite so tough, but actually I just wanted my independence back. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, you know, I wanted to be able to leave the baby with my husband or my mum or whatever and have a few hours to myself. So I think it's just all relative to your situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was actually reflux in the end that, pushed me to when I discovered Sienna's reflux that's what pushed me to um to, st- to, to stop breastfeeding because you've um, definitely had 
a, a, a kind of you've definitely hit some road bumps like we all do but for you <sighs> you know you've spoken about two fairly major things on your socials recently the first one um was the hip dysplasia which I want to come on to but um as we're touching on the reflux now so you were breastfeeding yeah. what were you noticing was going on with Sienna during those those feeding times being a first-time mum, I'm sure lots of people can relate to this, where you don't have anything to compare it to. So if your baby, all of your baby's behaviour seems odd to you, you don't know what's normal, you don't know what's not, because it's just a completely new experience. So she would do stuff like she would be frantically hungry, um, like just almost like kind of like a little savage, just going like, ah, <laughs> like desperate to feed. And I'd get her on the boob and then she would suck furiously and then like pull, pull off and like cry yeah that was like one thing she did um I mean not every feed was the same so you could have some which seemed to go quite smoothly um and others that were that were more tricky but there was quite a lot of that kind of like frantic feeding with a bit of like head bobbing um and then like she would um be quite squirmy and she would cry a lot every evening but I didn't realize it was reflux because she wasn't actually really throwing up yeah, that's what I was going to say. A lot of people don't realise that, do they? That it's not always the, you know, them being yeah. So she basically sick had what's called silent, silent reflux, which is the term they use um, when it doesn't present itself as yeah, like this actual like bringing up whole feeds. Like she would, you know, have a bit of spit up here and there, but it was never enough to think, oh, maybe, maybe she has reflux because all babies have some kind of reflux, right? It's just the like the extent of it you know it's whether it's actually bothering them enough that they're not feeding properly not Mm. sleeping properly was she losing weight and was she not sleeping so she never lost weight it was it wasn't an issue with with that and again that's another thing where you would definitely think I need to go to the doctor and sort this out um so her weight gain was fine she and she wasn't that bad once she was actually asleep she was actually quite a good sleeper but it was getting her to sleep was really difficult and um once she was around uh, like three months those kind of day the day naps um had really kind of which you know when they're tiny they sleep a lot mm, yeah yeah and then as they get a bit bigger like the day naps get more tricky and she um it was really hard to get her into a routine yeah to get her to follow a routine to get her to, I couldn't get her to go like three hours or four hours between feeds so what was the turning point when you decided, right, I think there's something going on here. I need to seek some help. It was actually a bit of a double whammy because we got, we went away on our first family holiday, which was, uh, it was amazing, but it, it was tough as well. It was a, it was a, yeah. it was a bit of a shock. Um, yeah, they're not holidays got, anymore, Mills. They're not. No, no, they're not. And it was my birthday as well. It was all just like this really harsh realisation that like life as we knew it is completely over. And we got, we got back, but it, we still had, a, we did still have a nice time and like some good memories, but it was a bit stressful. We got back and then the next day she had a scan on her hips because she was breached. It's like a standard thing that NHS do. If your baby is born breached, they do a scan. Um, they'd done one already at six weeks and she had, um, they said they wanted to do another one, but not to right. worry. They said there probably wasn't anything wrong, but they wanted to just do another scan just to have a look at them again in another six weeks. So we took her in and in the, they did the scan and then we went to see the um, pediatric physio and they said, right, she's, she's got hip dysplasia. She, one of her hips actually, um, you know, the hip socket isn't properly formed. And um, she's going to have to go into a harness today and she's going to have to wear it for the next six to 12 weeks. Wow. It was a massive shock. 
Um, it was really hard going into that appointment, literally thinking they were just going to do a routine check and send us home. They were just, you know, ticking the boxes to make sure everything was fine. I, I hadn't even considered the possibility that it wouldn't be fine. Yeah. So it was a real shock. And when we took her home, so she's in this harness. I don't know if you've probably seen pictures of it on my Instagram. Yeah. It pulls the yes. legs apart. Um, so they're almost in like a frog-like position. And it doesn't hurt them at all. Like, it, it really doesn't. But obviously, while they're adjusting to it, you know, she was she was really distressed. She didn't understand why she couldn't move her legs. It was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever been through. I didn't mm. sleep the first night. I just sat up with her the entire night with her on my, like, on me, like, letting her sleep on me. And I was too scared to fall asleep with her on me in the bed. Mm-hmm. So I just sat up the entire night. Honestly, it can make me cry now. Um, it, was, it was really hard seeing my really like happy, docile, chilled little bubba just screaming around the clock. And the crying lasted for a couple of days. But even when she kind of seemed to have got used to the harness, she still seemed a lot more distressed. And she just, they really seemed like there was something wrong. Yeah. And I saw a friend who, um, a kind of mutual friend, um, I met up with her because she, her, her daughter had had hip dysplasia and she just kind of really wanted to reassure me that everything would be okay. So many amazing people reached out and, and sharing about it definitely, um, you know, it really made me feel a lot less yeah. worried. So many people yeah. said this harness really works because I just wanted to rip the thing off. I really did. I wanted to take it off, um, go back to the doctor, demand, you know, different treatment. I was like, I just can't do, I can't get through this. Yeah. What, what um, was a game changer was my friend said, you've got to read this book. And she gave me Alison Scott Wright's book, The Sensational Baby Sleep Plan. Because Sienna at this point wasn't really in a routine. And um, and especially with the harness, she seemed more uncomfortable. She wasn't sleeping very much. Um, and she just seemed really unsettled. When I was reading the book, there's a section on um, how to understand if your baby has reflux. Um, and she ticked off a lot of the things on the list. Right. So yeah. that And that was when I realized, basically with the harness, having her legs in the fixed position um, made her reflux worse. Because yes. it was like, yeah. You know, it was uncomfortable for her. She couldn't stretch out her legs, which is one of the things they often do to kind of relieve um, this like re- discomfort from reflux. Yeah. Um, so basically, the harness made me understand uh, that she made me realize that she had reflux. And then we basically had to do something about it while she was in the harness. Um, and breastfeeding while she was in the harness was also quite tricky. So it, it basically meant it was the end of my breastfeeding journey. Right. Um, which took me, you, actually, me a few weeks. Yeah. Um, it was it was sad. I really didn't want to stop just because of the harness. So I really tried to, you know, to keep persevering with it. Yeah. But uh, it just, yeah, it did it did um, change it for me. So I, d- I think I did it for about another four weeks. And then I'd also realized with um, Sienna's reflux and suspected um, cow's milk, into- like dairy intolerance, mm. um, that it was better to move her on to like a prescribed formula, better for her. Yeah, and um, I saw such a change in her in a couple of days from being on it, as well as um, she's on medication as well, like for the reflux. She t- has like a tablet every morning that I like dissolve. So she's on Neocate and a Meprazolf, and has she settled? Yeah, is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, because um, obviously I've had a very similar journey to you, Millie, with Kit. I don't know if you yes. know this, but obviously I know Alison. Alison we're fans, we're friends of of Alison's, <laughs> and she basically came in. I mean, I 
basically Kit screamed for 11 weeks nonstop, like oh. nonstop. I couldn't take him in the pram. He couldn't oh, travel oh, in the I car. Can't. I couldn't even walk into town with him in this. the pram. I had to basically keep him on me the whole time upright. Um, he wouldn't sleep on his back. He, I mean, it was just a nightmare. He, and uh, he would turn redder and redder and redder and he would foam at the mouth. And his, his intolerances were so bad, like severe. He has a, he used to have a dairy and egg allergy. He's still got the egg one now, but Alison basically just came in and completely sorted us out. I, I finally got some sleep after 11 weeks of not sleeping. It was savage. Oh, wow. It was how, savage. I don't, I don't know how you got through that. Cause I had, I had a hard time, but I never had a baby that screamed for like weeks on end. And the couple of days when I did had it, did have it, um, really, it really kind of gets to you. And mm. I, yeah. I don't know how, I don't, I don't think I would have been able to cope with much longer. So I honestly take my hat off to you. You're an absolute hero for getting through that. Well, you just, you just do, don't you? Just, it's just these things are thrown at you. But at the time, what's really, what's really interesting is that we're kind of, we're kind of taught by society to normalize things about our children. It's like, um, I think we've got the most incredible network of NHS doctors and all of those amenities. The midwives are amazing. So this isn't a dig at them. There's a bit of a British thing of, oh, you know, it's just a phase or just get on with it or, you know, it's going to be fine. Babies die. Babies die. cry. That's one of my worst. I had, I was told that as well. babies cry like they're not happy all the time okay they're not happy all the time they do have tantrums and they get overtired but they don't they shouldn't just cry all the time there's something wrong they don't scream for no reason um so obviously you had a baby during lockdown which you touched on earlier did you find you know the support after was you know what just wasn't there because you couldn't get out to baby groups or I don't know what the midwife care was like just talk us through that it was different. I mean, I, my health visitor didn't come to put the come to the house, so that was just on the phone. And uh, yeah, it, it was. I mean, I, do, I just still felt it was helpful. Um, luckily, like, see, I mean, I discovered the um, nipple shield, so Sienna was feeding. Um, but if I, I'd felt that if I really had a bigger issue and couldn't get her to to take to latch, I was going to get a lactation expert to come and give me, you know, a bit of extra yeah. help. Um, but in the end, I didn't uh, need that. We'll be right back after the short break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi, is back. And Series 2 has got some incredible guests lined up. Here is a little taster. People see mental illness as a weakness, but I think people with mental illness are stronger. I'm a proud gay man now. I feel proud every single day. So then I had to go about the task of trying to accept it because I wasn't going to get plastic surgery and I wasn't going to change it. You know, those moments in your life, it was like a thunderbolt. Was it really? A big time. The conversations I've been having have blown my mind and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what's to come. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss one of our amazing episodes. They will be out every Wednesday morning. That's The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. Find it wherever you found this podcast. So welcome back. Uh, Back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? I think that must be really hard as well for the midwives and the health visitors because they, they're the ones that, you know, they're almost like the guiding angels at the beginning, aren't they? Yes. They're the ones yeah. that come in and, and sort of put you back together and kind of make sure that you're doing all right. I mean, for me, I just looked forward to those days where I knew that my yeah. health visitor was coming. She was so lovely. Um, so it must be really difficult, I think, to kind of try and give that level of care over the phone when you can't have a face-to-face meeting. I was I was lucky. I... Um gave birth privately and so my I did have a private midwife who came to visit me for the first couple of weeks once a week and like you said I I really um looked forward to it and she really like made sure I was okay she didn't just she didn't just make sure like Sienna was okay you know she would weigh Sienna and do all of that but she would also look after me and at the beginning she would um because I'd had a c-section she would have a look I had a dressing on my um on my scar and it had to be changed. It's like a special type of like medical dressing where it's kind of like vacuum packed onto you. Wow. It's amazing what good things they do, but apparently it's really great for like the healing and it just keeps it really like protected. So she had to come and like take that off um, and like and change it for me. And and she would I was definitely struggling with the baby blues in the first few weeks. I posted about it actually last weekend and I had such an overwhelming response. I just don't I don't know if it affected you. I don't think it's really spoken about enough. No, it's not. We, yeah, we, we love to we love to beat this drum as well because it isn't spoken about enough, and it, and it goes back to that thing that I was saying that you know everybody's so overwhelmed by the fact that you've had a baby that, but people don't necessarily take a second to say, and it's not their fault to say like, "How are you?" And we yeah. don't then say. Yeah. We're not good, actually. We just go, yeah, no, 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 fine. We're fine. We're fine. We just got to get on with it because this, this, this like in, innate responsibility of having to look after a tiny child is, is there, and that's all you focus on. Um, that's why it's so yeah, dangerous. That's, I like, think that's the main priority. And I, yeah, I think it's hard. I think I had this idea that when you had the baby, everything's going to be happy and perfect, and yes, we'll be tired, but it would just be joy and love, and and it's actually really hard, and it doesn't yeah. always feel happy. And I think then I had because I had this expectation that I would feel so happy. Um, I was kind of like, well, well, this isn't like what I thought, and there's something wrong with me. And you know, why is my experience not like what I thought it would be? So I think the expectation that it's all going to be perfect, um, and it can be something that's quite damaging. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we're talking about the waves of tears and the hormonal flushes oh. that wouldn't go. Yeah. Yeah, I just would just cry for no reason. Um, didn't know why I was crying, and it was like every day. Um, but my midwife visits really helped because she would really talk to me about it. Often I'd have a good cry. 
yeah. but it made me feel better and she'd tell me it was completely normal um I spoke to my obstetrician and he said keep a, a diary a journal of like you don't have to write down all your feelings all day but just write down the date and write down I actually just ended I had a, I was writing a journal of like Sienna's um feeds and stuff so I'd actually ended up just writing it in there yeah and I would just put like whether a happy face or a sad face <laughs> <laughs> so I could just keep look through and be like how many happy faces are there or like you know how many if I felt blue for like more than three days in a row or it just it helped me to actually think actually no I felt good then I'm fine yeah. And then by six weeks, it had really lifted. I was going to say, what did you do to kind of help you? Who did you turn to? Did you talk to Hugo about it? Did you talk to mates? What helped you kind it of was, get out yeah, of a co- it? A combination. I think um, speaking to other mums, friends that were other mums really helped because it just said, it's completely normal. This happened to me. You will feel better. Um, yeah, my mum was great. So I just really told people how I, that I was that I was struggling sometimes with my emotions, like friends, family, yeah. um, Hugo was great. And people would just remind me, you know, like, have you gone for a walk today? Have you, you know, have you have you been out in nature? Yeah. And these little things would, would really help as well as just really trying to, like, sleep in the day. Like when um, Sienna was asleep, I'd try and have naps, um, you know, take some time and just, you know, watch a bit of a trashy show on Netflix, just like little, <laughs> you know, while, while she was having a nap, these little things which would just give me a few moments to just zone out from from being a mum for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important to take take those times, isn't it? But it's it doesn't it doesn't go in our nature as, as the women that we are in terms of our, uh, you know, pre-baby life was always going here into this meeting and you ran your own business and you were always busy filming yeah. and suddenly you have to, the world, even though it's massive because you've got this baby in it, becomes very small. And you know, sleeping in the day doesn't yeah. even come naturally, does it? No, no. It, it was it was it was a challenge to do it. I tried to train myself to do it my last few weeks of pregnancy, um, and then I, I the first couple of weeks I did try and have like a couple of hours, like split up, like an hour in the morning or an hour in the afternoon. Uh, and I think that made a big, big difference to my recovery for sure. I think a lot of us put, a, you know, so much pressure on ourselves to be everything to the baby, and we forget about ourselves. Indeed. We neglect ourselves. So, do you take more time for yourself now? I yeah, I do try and take more time for myself now. I, from about eight weeks postpartum, I started exercising again with a trainer, and that um, has been a really, you know positive thing for me it makes me feel good mentally it's made me feel strong I mean I don't know about you guys but Sienna's now she's almost 8 kg and you know like picking them up off the floor and stuff like you know you've got to like you've got to like have some strength in your legs to do it and not like feel like you're going to fall over um, so exercise has been a good one yeah just like having like like last night I just had like a bubble bath with candles um and some music and I mean, I don't. I haven't taken the time to actually like read a book. I don't know about you guys. That seems no. A bit my God, impossible. no. <laughs> the last thing that I read was the back of a cowpaw packet, and um, that has been my life for the last three years. Yeah, a, a magazine you like a said. Sunday, Ugh. like you know, a bit of like a Sunday supplement, or you know, a glossy weekly, or whatever, like the occasional Ugh. like um, yeah, treat, like a fashion mag, like heaven. But um, oh, dreamy! Look at a couple of pages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, self-care I, I, I is, is so important. 
I touched on this a bit earlier on, um, but I just wanted to say from Georgia and I, and obviously everybody that follows you on social, it's like, thank you for being so real and so honest on yeah. your social media. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't expect that from you. I, I, I feel like the way that you have portrayed motherhood has been compl- like admirable. And I wanted to know Aww. if you thought you were going to do that before Sienna came along and why you think it's important to show all of the realness. Thank you for um, for saying that. It's it's not something I, I planned on doing. It just kind of was how I felt. And it's it really started, I think, for me when I was pregnant. I started to, um, you know, you can when you're when you have you go through different things in your pregnancy, you can feel it can, you can feel a bit um, isolated, you can feel a bit alone. And I found um, talking about any issues I was experiencing, like, I, I would really bother me that people would always comment on the size of my bump. That was like, yes. you know, or the, yeah. on my size. Like, and I like talked about it. And so many people would, um, so many um, people that have been through the same thing would comment and message me. And it and it, all get, it really made me feel better. So um, it's almost, you know, it's partly for me, but also I do think it's so important. And um, social media is really, da- is can be really dangerous. And I think when it's most dangerous is when people just pretend everything's perfect all the time. And it's, it's all easy. And it's all like, you know, flowers and rainbows and like that's just not the reality of real life yeah so I yeah I just I it started when I was pregnant and I just thought well I'm definitely going to carry this on as a new mum I didn't know how I had quite how open I was going to want to be until I actually had Sienna and it took me a little bit of time you know I took a bit of time off from social media when I first had her um and I'm still definitely finding my rhythm about it and what I want to talk about and what I'm ready to talk about yeah, but I really, I really enjoy hearing from other mums, and I've, I've found it such a welcoming community, and it's actually just shown me like such a kind of positive side to social media. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So you've obviously mentioned that there's been lots of positives to come of being so open on social. Has there been any negative comments, and how do you deal with that? There has been. I think possibly more since becoming a mum than I've ever really dealt with before, and it has definitely bothered me than more than it's ever bothered me before because you feel so protective. Yeah, you're kind of like, how dare anyone say that? <laughs> I'm sure you have too. Like horrible messages and comments. Like I put up the first picture I ever posted on Instagram of um, it was like a fat of Sienna. It was me, Hugo, and um, Sienna when she was a few weeks old. And someone said I was, I was holding her wrong and clearly I was a bad mum and it upset me so much. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> no, fuck off. Actually, fuck they off. They were like, you, you clearly don't know. You clearly don't know. Like, what, you're clearly a bad mum. Look, you're, it's dangerous the way you're holding her. Like, oh, you don't clearly don't know what you're doing. Oh, my God. Literally, I saw red. So angry. Did you go back to them? No, I, I, really, I really don't reply because I just... I don't want them to even get think that they've upset me, but yeah. it's hard yeah. to not reply. That's always the stance I've taken is just to not reply to trolls. Yeah. But there have been times when I've it has really bothered me, and there were some comments about my weight the first time I, just... um, I was pictured, and it is hard being in the public eye. Like I was pictured leaving hospital. Like you don't want anyone to see no. you. Like, just given birth, You've, I just had surgery. I was full of liquid. Yeah, but, you know. It, uh, and then the first time I went for a walk and then I had really bad anxiety every time I left the house to go for a walk after that if I was going to get pictured again it would take me like an hour to find an outfit I thought was flattering just to leave the house and go for a walk on top of how I was really? already feeling 
When really and you just want to wear tracksuit you know, bottoms anyway. It's like Yeah, you just want to wear the most comfortable thing. But then I was like, oh, is that so unflattering? Oh, can I wear that? Oh. Um, I just leave a massive pile of my dressing room floor and almost be in tears because I was so self-conscious from some of these comments. It, people can be really, really mean. Yeah, they can. I don't, I actually just don't understand why people pick at other people in general, but especially after somebody's just given birth. I mean, it, it just it blows my mind that anyone yeah. can be that horrible. It's disgusting, isn't it? I actually think they need to be called out. We have a bit of a policy at Made by Mamas. If anybody, we're so lucky because everybody that listens and everyone that follows us is so supportive. And I don't know about you, but you feel when you become a parent, you're just in this amazing club. And I just don't want, I don't want yeah. any negativity around any of it because what we're all doing is amazing. Getting through the day and keeping tiny humans alive and well is a fucking miracle. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is, and it's really, it's really hard work. It's, it's you know, the, the toughest job you'll ever have and it never stops and it's it's round the clock. Um, <laughs> but it's also, it is amazing. I re- I'm really enjoying it. I feel like each month that goes by, I'm every, or even every week, like I'm just enjoying it more and more. Having the, having the road bumps that I've had, I've made me really appreciate when it's good. So that's what, yeah. you know, the, on the, the flip side of it is that I, I'm, I'm now just you know having her in the harness was so hard to cuddle her and so hard just it made everything just a bit harder and having it off again just just makes everything such a joy so it really taught me to appreciate just the simple small things um and just Mm. appreciate every moment with her and that she's changing so much so we had the harness and the reflux then moved on from that and then we have now weaning and teething so those are the kind of two joys (laughs) how's weaning going so we started at five months we've been doing it for a couple of weeks and she's just doing two meals a day at the moment she has uh like pure i'm doing like very smooth purees and i'm is it i don't know that like there's baby it's baby baby leads when you let them feed themselves right yeah i'm doing spoon fed at the moment yeah um so I'm I'm just I'm making like a fruit puree for her for breakfast and mixing it with um some baby porridge and a bit of um almond milk and then for lunch she has um kind of like veg purees now she's having some combinations maybe of like two different ones that I know that she's okay with because some things have made her reflux flare up a bit more um so it's quite simple and quite basic and I just like steam stuff and then like whiz it up in the Nutribullet yeah, yeah. and have you chosen to do um um spoon fed because um because because I did that as well and I did both kind of a bit of both but I was a yeah. bit obsessed with just making sure that the kids were eating so I was like yeah a little bit for you whereas Georgia's completely opposite and Georgia just <laughs> Georgia just lets them get into the food and there's nests everywhere yeah I think that that stage will come but yeah just, I wanted to feel like she's actually um I know that the first I'm kind of in the first taste steps to be honest still at the moment so I just want to make see with her reflux like what she's okay with and what she reacts to and um we're just we're, we're taking it like quite slowly um and that kind of feels right at the moment but I you know she, she really when I this morning I was I gave her like apricot and almond porridge quite yummy I was quite jealous and she was really like grabbing the spoon and trying you know so she like sees it coming and she grabs it and then pushes it into her mouth so she's kind of almost we're just doing it together like she's feeding herself but I'm I'm in charge of the spoon brilliant brilliant yeah like and then you don't get the mess <laughs> I mean I, I, I am a bit yeah a bit particular about my kitchen and on it, it's, <laughs> I, I, 
I just don't think I'm ready for the mess yet. So I'm, <laughs> no. I know it will come. I think I'm still enjoying the, you know, she gets a bit of mess down her, but it's not all over the walls, the floor, the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. yeah. We always joke because when me and Georgia meet up, she always looks immaculate. She's always got her hair lovely and like bouncy and makeup. And then I'll look at her closely and I go, what's that? And she goes, oh, that's avocado. <laughs> it's like a lump of avocado just stuck behind one of her ears. Yeah, my husband still now like four years on can't even be with the kids when they're eating he cannot <laughs> cope. really he can't what? cope with it he literally can't cope with it he has to like either just sit and like look forward and not at them or he has to leave the room because he cannot cope with the mess whereas i i don't know i just let it go i'm like whatever it's fine it'll be clear do, do you put a mat underneath the um high chair I did. We're renovating it at the moment. So at the moment, I'm not because I don't care about that, you know, what's in the kitchen yeah. at the moment. But I'm sure when I, you know, when it's all done, I'll be a little bit more pressure, a bit more precious then. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> we like to ask our guests the question yes. and George is going to give it to you. Yeah. So, well, two questions. Firstly, what products are you loving as a mum? I'll be, I'll be transparent. I am working with, with one of the ones I'm going to mention, but I really do love them. Water wipes. Don't know if you guys have different yes, uh, yes. brands that you love to use, but these um, I've been using since Sienna was about two weeks old, and um, absolutely love them. Now I've started weaning as well; they're like even more useful. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just love that they don't have like chemicals in them. They're really pure. Um, I like the kind of wetness of them. Makes like you know nappy changing super easy uh so yeah I've got them like stashed every room of the house has got has got a pack ready yeah, yeah we love water wipes <laughs> we're big fans uh so that would be one then I don't know if you guys have if you right if you have them um there's this brand of baby carriers which I absolutely love called Artie Poppy I don't know if I'm Yay! saying it right yeah Arty, yeah beautiful uh, they're so beautiful I love all the different fabrics and it's such a special thing like you know having your baby on your front I think when you've been a mother and you've carried them inside of you it just feels very primal and for me I, I it's one of my favorite things is 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 having Sienna in her carrier yeah so they are a bit of an investment but I think they are really special also really lovely get, gift for a friend or you know someone who you know who's giving birth um so those are like one of my being one of my favorite things to wear because they actually look quite cool with your outfits as well they do and especially at the moment where you know we're not really going out out anywhere and so that is your outfit isn't it if you're carrying your baby yeah. that's all they can see the print and the prints yeah. that they've got all the designs the leopard print and the yeah they, they're just gorgeous we yeah we love then there's um with weaning I've been using these um this isn't an ad at all um it's re- these really lovely bowls and, and spoons from a brand called Omnia. Ooh, um, and they, they come one. in like lovely like pastel colours. And I think they're like, I'm pretty sure they're plastic free. They're made of like bamboo. They're cool. really great. Um, and they can kind of, they've got loads of different colours. So you can really go for like whatever works for your kitchen or whatever, you know, is your preference. Yeah. Um, so, so really loving them. Uh, we just got a new um, stocker high chair. Which is like oh, the trick yeah. trap chair. Yes. Um, Where's it from? Together the other night. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Saying it right. Stocker, like S T O K um, K K E. Oh yes, okay. So like, I've our cots from them as well, um, which is one of the ones that expands. So we had the like mini version, and now we have oh, yeah, like a big oval that. one. Yeah, it's because a lot of their stuff kind of you know they you can it grow with it. You. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. 
I like from like a sustainable angle because you're not having to constantly, you know, with kids there's so many things they grow out of and you're constantly like onto the new, next new thing and I do feel conscious of the waste element of it yes even though obviously I'll recycle everything make sure it like goes to another home um oh, I like that I'll be able to keep, nice keep keep the chair for um a long time so she's got a baby attachment now and then she'll have um she'll go onto the uh then you just use it more like a small kind of little chair as they're like toddlers I guess yeah. um another one the baby um, born um, also just quickly they're norwegian aren't yeah. they so they're probably like stalker yeah. stalker <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure i think you do sound you do say the e like yeah yeah stalker but i'm not quite with that that's without an accent i think that's how you say it anyway, i really yeah i really like their products because they like last i think they're good um and then what one thing Sienna loves for ages it keeps her really entertained is this play mat. And I don't know about you guys, but kids do love from what I know babies really love like the garish, colourful stuff All that you don't really want stuff. in your home. All the yes. plastic stuff. <laughs> and there's a lot of those kind of baby gyms that look really ugly. Um and we've actually got one that doesn't and it, it's Ooh. really kind of almost like beautiful looking. It's like made of like uh, two pieces of wood that like crisscross over at the top and then it's got a mat underneath and it's all got different sensory bits on it and then hanging from it it's got like a wooden rattle um a ball um it's like a kind of textured ball and uh and like a thing that's kind of scrunchy so when she scrunches it it like crackles yeah. and she's obsessed playing with it and it's perfect for the age she's at now where she's rolling and really like just discovering you know slowly the world around her and she's getting really into things that make sounds and different textures Aww. and she wants to put everything in her mouth but it's from a I think it's from an American brand called Lovery Ooh, um, okay. and but it's coming they're coming to Europe I think I've tagged it on Instagram before um but it's it's a really really good play mat I really like it and it looks yeah. attractive Cool. We'll definitely have a look at that. Yeah. We, we definitely need less of the garish plastic rubbish in the house, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and finally, just to finish up, if you yeah. could give um, one piece of advice to a new parent, what would it be? I would say just trust your gut. Um, yeah. Don't be, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. If you feel that there's something wrong, then, you know, it's probably coming from somewhere. If you've got this instinct, like I did have an instinct with um, Sienna's reflux that something wasn't quite right, but I just wasn't sure what it was. Yeah. So just, you know, keep asking for answers, get another opinion. Um, you know, don't be put off by someone just trying, you know, saying to you, all babies do that. That's normal baby behavior. Like if you feel like there's something wrong, then, then look into it and just trust your gut. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for that absolutely oh Millie what an absolute treat chatting to you today thank you so much for being so wonderful so so honest and it's been just been great having you on thank you so much I feel like we need to um have some wine soon (laughs) yes definitely god when we're allowed to meet up yeah when we're allowed to meet up I feel like we just need to go for some wine and just and, and maybe just not only chat about being mums oh, as well. Yeah. Yes. That dancing. sounds good. I want to go dancing. <laughs> That's what oh, I want to do. I would love to. I'd love to put on like a fab dress and heels and go out dancing too. That oh yeah. Really fun. That's 2021. <laughs> That's got our name written all over it. Um, yeah. Thanks again, Millie. Chat to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, guys. Have a lovely day. Bye. 
I love her. She's amazing, isn't she? So do I. After yeah. lockdown, we're out for drinks with her for sure. Yeah, she, I mean, listen, I've known her personally and I, uh, for, for a while, for quite a long time, actually. And she has really grown, like the growth yeah. in her. I mean, we always say that, don't we? Um, when you become a parent, you just get this added depth to you. Um, yeah. And you can tell she absolutely loves being a mum. What, yeah, what a does. brilliant mum she is. Yeah, no, I really, really loved hearing, you know, everything that she had to say and, you know, just, I just love hearing people in that first, you know, first six months of motherhood. It is Mm. such a roller coaster, and sometimes you forget as well. You forget all those small hurdles that you get through, you know, like getting out of the door. And also, do you know what, you know, when she was saying about how pressured she she felt when she went out, you know having to look a certain way I mean people you forget about that people in the public eye you know she's just a new mum she just wanted to go out probably just in her joggers and her hair bunched up on top of her head having not showered for a week but she felt like she had to look a certain way and that was upsetting wasn't it yeah it is it really is upsetting I think sometimes it's easy to see someone you know on you know the mail online or wherever you kind of look at these images and think oh they you know they don't look themselves and you forget that they've literally just had a baby what did we look like when we just had a baby like a yeah. week after that we wasn't out there for everybody to see <laughs> no absolutely not you're, you're you're dead right with that one g and i think also the way that we um perceive celebrity um yeah. you know post having a baby and actually we're quite quick to kind of make comments and judgments about you know somebody's appearance or whether they're doing something too quickly and why aren't they at home with their kids and all this kind of stuff it's like you know what it's about women supporting women um, yeah. and she should feel or at least the press should respect the fact that she's just had a child and if she wants to step out you know uh, not having showered like the rest of us that's absolutely fine it is exactly <laughs> yeah I love yeah I thought she was brilliant I'm so glad that we've managed to have that chat so listen um, for those of you listening if you have got any suggestions on who you want to hear on the podcast please do keep sending those in to us um, and as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and if you can give us a little five star that would be amazing too because that just helps boost the amount of people that hear the pod Yes, please do. And also, any feedback on the podcast, any you know topics you want us to cover, drop us a message at Made by Mamas or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we'll see you on Friday. We'll see you then. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.